Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And we coming from a basement to your headphones. Barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown. Thank you for downloading the Podcastianos. Now here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. Hey everybody, welcome to the Podcastianos presented by Moots Pizzeria and Bar. My name is Jordan Hall and I'm joined as always by the show's eternal optimist. It's Eric Wayne. Eric, how are you? Just keep on smiling, smile, smile, nothing's wrong, everything is good and happy. So we're recording a little bit earlier today. This is, I think this is the first time yeah. I've ever seen you in daylight, not looking like straight up Dracula. Um, yeah. what, what does daytime Eric look like? It's pretty much the same, you know, just slightly less pale, but not a lot. Pretty pale yet. So daytime Eric isn't like all business. Well, you can see from my suit and tie that I'm wearing. No, um, I'm not a big, you know, I don't wear a tie. In fact, it's probably been four years since I've worn a necktie. Really? To anything? Interesting. Yeah, I, yes. Wow. I had an event, it was kind of a dress up thing with my daughter, but that was, yeah, four, five years ago, something like that. I I don't like I'll wear a nice shirt, but I do not like the necktie. Yeah, I don't really understand the point of them, but they are a social construct. I feel like I'm one of the least dressy people on earth, and I've I've definitely worn a tie several times in the last four years. That's wild. Yeah. <clears throat> Overrated. I'm not giving in to big tie. Big cravat. Okay. Yeah. No, today I yes. t- I wore to work an uh, ascot guy. A red shirt with toucans on it. So I, I'm not much of a a dressy shirt guy either. Um, so I wanted to get you in on this. Uh, we just discussed this, the Jorge Soler throw. We're recording this. Um, mm. what is this Monday afternoon? Just finished up, uh, the, the, the Royal series. You got to see Jorge Soler's throw definite Delman young vibes, uh, on a, on a one to 10 scale. How, in, how much enjoyment did you take from that awful, awful throw? You watched me experience it for the first time, and I was I was probably a little giggly. Honestly, it was, like it, was a, a, it was a pleasure to see you see it. He spiked it into the Earth's core. He was trying to hit the mantle of the Earth. It meant went 10, 15 feet before striking the grass. 
It was it was great. Maybe I feel like just like with Delman, there's a reason that both of those guys probably should be DHs all the time. Delman, obviously oh, not man. anymore, but at the time, yeah. Although I, it was it was not like a lack of arm. It was it was just a, a mental breakdown. Like was he like trying to throw it and then just at the very end? Oh no, just kidding! I don't want to throw it. Or it was it was weird. I think so. It was weird. Uh, the other was a straight up spike. The other, the other thing that I thought was really interesting this week. Did you see a kill Badu uh, launch his line of NFTs? Did you get in on that? This, this is up your alley. This, I saw a little bit of the artwork for it. Yeah. So uh, for those who are unaware, NFTs are non fungible tokens. Uh, Google them. They're, they're what's hot in the streets right now. Um, so you, the kids like the so, youths. So you buy them and like you own something, but it's not real. Um, Top Shot is the other uh, other big one. They're digital trading cards for the, for the NBA. Um, that's what I've sunk a, a decent amount of money into. Um, so he was selling NFTs for the um, first pitch home run in his first at bat, the walk off single, and the grand slam. And honestly, the artwork was really cool. It's like kind of comic booky. Um, but he was selling. I think there was. There was three of them, three different tiers, and the cheapest you can get anything for was 200 bucks. And I'm like, I don't know, Akil. Like, it's going to a good cause, uh, RBI and Rise in Detroit, but I can't drop 200 bucks on a Akil Badu NFT. Whitney would not the have been NFTs are the NFTs are the new hotness. So if I had to try to explain NFTs to somebody, I would say, um, let's imagine um, just a common everyday object like... Um, a cup, you know, there's a thousand, anybody who wants a cup can have a blue, have a cup, but there's one cup that has the serial number on it. And that one only, only the numbered cup belongs to, and that's like the, the Uber cup, the essence of cup is only possessed by one person. Yeah. Yeah. definitely. Am, am I hitting that kind of fairly? I'd say so. But here's the interesting part. Anybody could make a blue cup with a, uh, a different serial number. So the value of the cup comes a bit from the person who is issuing it, mm-hmm. which is the, the, the part of NFTs that always confuse me. Okay. Cause so you have like the Nyan cat or memes or whatever, and it went for a half a million bucks or whatever, but some other schmuck could issue a Nyan cat, uh, NFT, but it's just, it's just from a different source. So I could issue it. Now the NBA has a leg up because their clips and stuff are proprietary, yeah, which officially their, licensed their credibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's nothing holding me back from, or anybody else back from issuing some Akil Badu thing, but it's got his uh, uh, endorsement in the endorsement of tops or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily so think that it's, going to end up being worth anything i think it's more of just a very cool fundraiser um but right yeah i, w- I want it in i could not afford to be in so hopefully akil will do another run with some like ten dollar ones i'll be all over that we should tweet to him do you think we have any poll with akil you of no, the of the no. vanguard as far as his support yeah i was i was a early akil guy so we'll see i predicted a lot of triples do you notice he's up to three triples already now two should have been home runs but i i predicted what eight or nine triples something like that yeah, yeah I, we're well on the way there remember all those those big plays that first week of the year feels like a long time ago 
Oh, it's so long ago. Maybe we should talk about how we stink. <laughs> uh, so as as many uh, people know, this is a Detroit Tigers podcast, um, and it was an extremely rough week for the boys. Um, and we'll get to that. But first, let's talk a little football. Um, later this week is the NFL draft, which means we're going to see a lot of Mel Kuyper. Are you familiar with Mel? You, you watch enough ESPN. You should know who Mel is, right? The draft guy? Of course. Of course. <clears throat> in fact, uh, he... He was in my Twitter feed because uh, there was a famous clip of the Colts general manager at the time, like berating him because they didn't took, take Trent Dilfer. They tra- took some linebacker. That's what I saw. I think either way, you didn't get the right get the, the right end of that pick. So he recently right. did a, an interview with the New York Post and gave some insights to his apparently very strange world. Apparently, he watches an episode of The Tonight Show with John, Johnny Carson Every night at 1130, which is apparently when it when it originally would come on and an old episode of Dallas every Friday night at nine. Also, when it originally aired. It's interesting. Okay, I I do. Do you appreciate the the commitment to nostalgia there? I I like it makes sense. The um, the consistency of it and a little bit of nostalgia. There's something comforting about it. Like when we were going through the teeth of the pandemic and there was a lot of anxiety in my life, I binge watched um, a show from my childhood, which was Star Trek, the next generation. Right. And I recognized it wasn't like the highest quality television. This wasn't breaking bad or whatever, but there was a certain comfort to it. So I kind of resonate with, with big Mel. On right. this one. So if you think I kind of get it, it calms you down and helps you sleep. I get it. I think there's a certain comfort to that. Hear this. He also eats an entire pumpkin pie with fat frame whipped cream for breakfast, excuse me, for breakfast every single day and has since the late eighties. You're making that up. I am 100% not making that up. Every Are we talking an eight inch day. pie here? I, I, oh, I didn't measure pie? his pies. I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm envisioning full size pies though. I suppose it could be smaller. Yeah, I mean, if you're eating a Costco pie, that wouldn't be very impressive. Healthy. But sometimes you can get the littler pies. Hey, it's fine. Enjoy your pie. My, my big question judging. here is, like, how do you keep pies stocked? You either are eating stale pies or you're constantly going out to get them. Who, who has time for that? Do you think he has like a, a hmm. pie boy that he sends out each morning to fetch him a, a fresh one from the local bakery? Go forth. Pie boy. How yeah, much? you can hire when you're famous like Mel Kuyper, you can probably hire people to fetch a pie fetcher. So anyway, brings us this week's lead off question. If you were forced to eat the same thing for a specific meal mm. every day, what would you choose and for what meal? Ooh. Well, um the, the, there's an easy answer and then there's a more fun answer. I mean, I think a lot of people have essentially the same thing for breakfast every morning. That's true. For when I was growing up, I had a, a, a bowl of cereal every morning. Now I typically have oatmeal or a bowl or a, like a thing of overnight oats. I don't know if you know what those are. Sure don't. Like you put oatmeal and almond milk and yogurt and you stir it up and it sits overnight and it makes like a nice, let, let me not gussy it up. It's a slurry of oat product. And then I enjoy that. I sometimes I have it with banana, but I could have that for breakfast every morning. But to, uh, to a more interesting answer would be nachos. Oh, that's a good call. I love nachos. I, I'd have those for, because you can put like different things on them or whatever. But I mean, you look at Taco Bell, how many ways don't they put the same ingredients into different things? You could do that too. I mean, 
Definitely. Well, how about you? What are you having? So I don't know if I've shared this on the show or not, but I ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for breakfast and for lunch every day from sixth grade through high school. Like that was just my breakfast and my lunch. I mean, that must have been like hundreds of thousands. That might be too many. I don't know exactly. Thousands of peanut butter and jellies. Yes. Yeah. Probably probably you, wasn't you were low maintenance. Yeah, I was. I mean, I still like if, if I'm home alone, if what's out doing whatever and I don't feel like running out to get a pizza, it's just a PB&J. That's just the go-to. So I had, well, back in the before times, uh, we do, we go down to Guatemala and we'd take a lunch and we'd have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because it's, you don't have to refrigerate them so much. And I have peanut butter and jelly sandwich every day for lunch for one week. And I enjoyed it. I thought that was great. Glad to have a sandwich. And I would never eat one before and never eat one after for the whole year. And then the next week would come, the next time would come. That's what I'd have again. Interesting. Easy. I feel like it with me, it's an addiction. I don't dislike them. Yeah. But no, like I, if I start eating them, it will be two or three times a day. I, so I just, for the most part, just I try crush. and not have bread in the house. Um, but you know, are you a grape guy or a strawberry guy? Strawberry. I don't mind raspberry either. Get a little funky. Wild, wild animal you are. So uh, you can get in touch with, sh- with the show on Twitter. I am at hosted by Jay Hall. Eric is at Eric Wayne's brain and the show is at podcastianos. And we'd love it if you would take the time to subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud or whatever platform you're listening to the show on. And we have a couple of reviews from last week. So we'll read them out. Uh, the first one comes from Blue in Wisconsin. Five stars. Thanks, man. Uh, or Thank lady. You, You're my boy, Blue. (laughs) I grew up with the 84 Tigers. I live out of state now, but still like to follow the team such as such as it is. The Podcastianos helps to make sense of the rebuilding project that is the Detroit Tigers. Lots of great player detail. I even found myself laughing at the dumb jokes. So, I mean, I feel like that's pretty accurate. The the jokes are not not dumb. They're not going to get better. No, I feel like so. You might as well more than enough track record to suggest that the jokes are what they are. Yeah. And the other one is from Dr. D underscore NYC. So I'm assuming this is a Manhattan doctor of medicine. That's He says, a show that is a wordplay on the former Tiger clearly doesn't take itself too seriously. And that is a good thing. Jordan and Eric true. <laughs> know enough about baseball, just barely, but uh, know enough Fair. about baseball and the Tigers, but don't stick to advanced stats. Talk in your face. The show is a good, relaxing companion for a long walk. I appreciate that. That that's all I'm going for. That's your pace. You're a, you're a run podcast guy. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and we do have a request from all of you at home, everyone out there listening. We know that you have a friend that likes the Tigers. Right now, pause the show, text them a link. Uh, it will take but a second, and then now you have somebody to talk about us with. And that's that's a win win for everybody. And it will um, inflate our ego, which is very important to us. Very, very fragile ego. And as you surely know by now, the show is brought to you by Moots Pizzeria in downtown Detroit. Looking to grab a bite before or after the game, Moots Pizzeria and Bar, located on Library Street in the heart of Detroit, is one of the Motor City's hottest restaurants and the only authentic New York pizzeria in the city. I'm a big fan of New York pizza. I don't know if we've discussed this, but New York pizza is is maybe my favorite style of pizza. I don't buy the it's in the water argument, though. Have you heard this argument? No. That you have to have New York City tap water? No. I don't really buy that. That's nonsense. I mean, I'm no scientist. It's a style. But 
so the belt Neoki there is amazing. I love Neoki. I would say it's maybe one of the most underrated pastas going. Are you a Neoki guy? It, uh, I don't know if I've had Neoki. Is that does it start with a G? Yeah. Okay. What? Tell me what Neoki is. It's kind of Isn't like, it like a like a. a a, a potato dumpling kind of? Yeah, 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 kind of like that. But typically comes with a good sauce. The belt gnocchi has pecorino, mm. romano, ricotta, and a palomino sauce. That's that's it. Uh, you can get yourself mm. pasta, one of their awesome subs, or share something like the Mediterranean pizza with friends. Check out mootspizzeria.com to view the entire menu. And remember, Moots validates your parking for two hours when you park in the Z-Lot. Be sure to tell them that Jordan and Eric sent you. It's making me, every time you read that, it makes me hungry for pizza. Yeah, I need definitely. to go to Moots, get some pizza. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the podcast, Giannos. So, Eric, it was another rough week for the fellas as we dropped another five of six. And we oh, now, oh. Have, oh, that was this morning, so another six of seven. Uh, we have the worst oh. record in baseball. So get this. We beat the Indians two of three in the first series of the year, and we swept yep. the Astros. And outside of yep. those two series, we have won two other games. Not great. It's not great, and they're they're starting to add on to each other, and you know what's fascinating is the pitching has been largely good. It's been at least stable. We just can't score any runs. Yeah, coming into today, we are slashing two hundred five, two sixty four, and three fifty seven, which is good enough for last, last, and third to last. Um, I mean two sixty four on base. That is so. I mean, not that. 205 is good by any stretch, but that is so low. Robbie Grossman is literally the only guy on the team that has taken a walk this year at any point. I mean, not Robbie Grossman, I feel is like propping up the team is adding some stability. At least just think if we didn't have Robbie Grossman. Yeah, there would be nobody on base ever. I think what was really telling as I was listening to the game when I was running today and there was, as they put it repeatedly, traffic on the base pads a couple times during the game today. And Dan and Jim were like over the moon about that. We still lost three, two, like we did not have a strong offensive game, but even a couple runners and two runs made Dan and Jim think, Oh, this is progress. That's not very good. They're not wrong. I mean, yeah. yeah, If you can strand runners in scoring position, Hey, you had runners in scoring position, baby steps, I guess. Yeah. So, but I mean, how many, how many shout outs haven't we had this year? I I know it's three. But it's had, uh, I, we just can't score any runs. And that's sad. It's not fun to watch a game. If you watch a seven to eight game and it's back and forth and you end up losing, like, oh, you know, that, that provided some solid entertainment. But when you have, you know, six, five or six hits and no runs, it's not very fun. And I think the worst part is, is you know that going into every single game. Like, Ugh, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's hard. Honestly, we're, we're not even out of April in the D and I already find it hard to turn it on in the evening. Like, so to what are you attributing our lack of success? If you were to create a, a pie chart, okay, a pizza pie chart, <laughs> um, and you had to assign colors to, uh, Poor player acquisition. Mm-hmm. Uh, category two, poor player development. Uh, three, bad luck. And four, let's call it 
strategy, managing, performance, positioning, that kind of. How are you apportioning this pie chart? That's a really interesting question. I would go 35% luck. I feel like luck plays a lot really? bigger that much? chance, a lot bigger of portion of, of how games actually play out. Like we think that we can understand things through through advanced stats, analytics, stuff like that. And you absolutely can. But there are certain things that are just down to luck. So I'm giving that a, a pretty healthy proportion. Um, I mean, I feel like the other two big ones, I, I, I have a hard time attributing much in the way of anything this year to strategy, right. et cetera. Like, we just aren't in games enough for that to matter. So it really comes right. down to, uh, I, I think that I'm going to go more heavily in terms of player development than yeah but neither of them are good right i've come to this position too there's um anthony castro Mm -hmm. has been making some noise in new york i believe no uh toronto excuse me and we've had this guy bumping around in our system he showed promise but now he's like tearing it up and there's been a few more examples of that and players who um have shown promise in other organizations and then come to Detroit and it's kind of like, eh, where was that? Um, I think there's something to the player development organ the, the issue. So I'm, I'm giving a big chunk to that. I'm also giving some to um, player acquisition, mostly in the fact of we haven't spent any money, so we can't, we're not adding, you know, even mediocre, to good free agents. I mean, if you made the offense entirely of Robbie Grossman's, think how good we'd be. Just all Robbie Grossman's, you would have an excellent, excellent baseball team. But we we don't. And we we probably could have bought that if we wanted. Sure, sure. But we we didn't. Um, I don't give much to, uh, um, like, strategy or managing. I don't think so. Luck a little bit, but mostly the first two. Yeah. So I think uh, I was trying to brainstorm this a little bit. I think what I what it comes down to for me is more so than just how we're spending money. It's it's the lack of creativity when it comes to talent acquisition. So I was looking through our okay. top uh, top thirty prospects. There's only seven of those guys that weren't drafted by us. We've only okay. and let's see. Uh, the three, three of them were Rogers, Cameron and Franklin Perez that we added to the system a long time ago with Verlander. And the other right. two were Zach short, or excuse me, two of the other three were Zach short and Akil Badu who are, you know, fringe guys. Other than that, right. all we've added to the system is who we've drafted. And when you're at the top of the draft every single year, it's fairly easy to add a Casey Mize to the system, a Riley Green to the system. Like, it's easy to do that. We have gotten absolutely nothing out of rounds. I say nothing. Minimal out of rounds two and beneath. We've gotten nothing out of trading free agents, which it's hard right. to trade free agents that you don't sign. Um, I mean, it basically all of the guys that are of any stature in our system are our first round picks from the last five years. And I, that is and we, very damning. We talked about, we broke this down a podcast or two ago about the Indian system and how they develop their pitchers. Um, yeah, you know, there sometimes seems to be a, um, a lack of a plan or like a greater strategy. I mean, how, how long has David Chad been in charge of our scouting and drafting now? 
I mean, yeah, there's been a few wins, but you better win when you get such high draft picks all the time. You better have some some successes. Yeah, this, and it's starting to feel like we're having less than our share. This July will be six years on from the deadline that we traded Price and all of those guys to signify like yep. this is happening. Six years is a long time in baseball, and so are we any here? Good. I'm starting to see a lot more rumbling about Alavilo, right? Is it okay? How much of it now is legitimate criticism of Alavilo, and how much is uh, it's hard to criticize a chef who doesn't have any ingredients? Or who's, you know, basically you can't get anything if you can't spend anything. That's a really Um, good point. I mean, he hasn't done particularly well with the ingredients given. It's like chopped, you know, they give you the box. He hasn't exactly turned that into a a five-star meal. But you're right. Like the guy that comes in next is going to have the same set of parameters that Avila has. Like it's just what it's going to be. My question to you is. I'm good. No, I'm generally slow to criticize Avila because he hasn't had a lot to work with as far as, um, you know, just flat out money, but I'm starting to bend towards how long is this going to be? Avila has been around. We like him. He's a nice guy. He's a chum. He's uh, multilingual. He uh, knows, you know, he's part of the club. He can, he can do things. How, when does that stop being enough for a guy? Yeah, definitely. I think he was really good as an assistant GM. I think that was a perfect, I think he just got promoted beyond his station. We made a mistake by getting rid of Dave Dombrowski. <laughs> sure right? did. There's, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, if you could have Dave Dombrowski back right now, You'd be you'd be tickled. You'd be delighted. I don't know how. I don't know why we kicked him to the curb. But yeah, that's the thing. Is there? Here's Avila didn't walk into an awesome situation, but he didn't walk into it. He's not in one now. Yeah. Right, but he's not given significantly fewer resources than some of the other teams in this lower third have. No, definitely, and they they're showing a little bit more. I think my question is, do you think there ever really was a plan? Like, do you think that the construct of we're in a rebuild is just kind of some smokescreen for the Illich clan not wanting to spend any money? It's kind of easy. Yes. Yes. I I mean, I, I think it's kind of easy to go down that road. When I heard Chris Illich praise the free agents we signed this year in reference to Urania and um tehran oh we signed some really good free agents and that that was chris illich talking about that i'm like oh oh no oh no 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 you know you could have said hey we're excited about soon being able to really capture some exciting opportunities of upper echelon free agents we we want to we want to be strategic about who we pick because we've seen how it can back uh it can backfire a little bit to to not pick the right guy so we're really gonna pick our spots with that he didn't say that he said oh we got some really good free agents this year meaning we're gonna probably do this again next year and the following year in the following year and bumble along and the chris illich era is 
a failure as far as a fan. And I, while I'm ranting and not letting you talk, I'm going to say one more thing about this. And that is I have bought into the fandom and the laundry and the low, old English D, but you don't have to. I don't have to do this. Nobody is holding uh, you hostage and saying, you need to support this team. You need to buy their stuff. When, when a restaurant is serving you trash, typically you do not go back. And that's part of the modern sports. And I've, I've said this a lot of times, but you don't have to do this. You don't have to consume their product. And that's how modern um uh, capitalism works. If you want to follow a different sport, yeah, it will be sad that you won't listen to the podcast as much. But you listen, can still listen to the pod. You don't have to to, to follow the Tigers yeah. to listen to the show. We still have so many treasures here. But um, you want to consume less Tigers because they suck? That is a healthy decision. That's not. Oh, you're uh, a fair weather fan. You know when I go outside the most? When the weather is nice. That's smart. Of course you're a fan when the weather is fair. No dummy goes outside when it's thunderstorming. Yeah, but I think what it comes down to I'm with, with the Illiches, I feel like it's very similar to the, the European Super League thing. Fans who are in it very infrequently jump out. Like they kind of <laughs> know they yeah. have us. And they are going to continue to do whatever makes yeah. the margins bigger, which includes trying to sell Jose Urania and Julio Tehran as big free agent signings. Like, it's just some lies. economist needs to some economist needs to break this down. It's something about inelasticity of demand and all this stuff. Like it's there. Some somebody smarter than me can describe it. But yeah, they know we're kind of locked in. 120 years of Tigers history. Uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of handcuffed. But if you don't want to consume this, you don't have to. Yeah, and that's okay. Because we're bad. Yeah. I feel like we should yeah. normalize the consuming less content. Like, that is completely fine. Um, I feel like going back oh, to uh, your... Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to talk a little bit about why we are not scoring. Oh, sure. Because I want to hide... I, I want to highlight something that Dan Dickerson, who obviously I'm a fanboy of, because not only is he announcing, but he's also coming up with content. Really? I mean, he, in some ways, he's a writer or a content producer as well. And he did some research into, okay, what, why, drilling down a little bit, why are the Tigers not producing any offense? And he did some analysis on pitch types and what he learned and was this and it made perfect sense to me the tigers are doing pretty fine on breaking balls off speed pitches the problem is and, and their discipline has been okay the problem is they're not hitting or doing damage with fastballs in the strike zone and watching the tigers and thinking back this is exactly right um you know i've seen it from akil badu as well as good as he's been um, he, he swings and misses at some strikes and up and down the lineup, you observe this. And these are the types of pitches you would think teams would do the most damage on, you know, the tigers look sad, even in hitters counts when you can expect that fastball. And that tells me that these are just uh, subpar players 
I, I don't know how else to describe it. Big league, big league hitters crush fastballs in the zone. At least they should. Yeah, it really is dereliction of duty coming into this year. <clears throat> I mean, we've lost Miggy for a few, and Nomar Mazara's hit the DL. But other than that, like this is more or less the team that we planned on going into the season with. Right. And there isn't hardly anybody on the team that can catch up to a fastball. It reminds me of, you know, the last couple of years, Miggy has had issues with the heat. It's like it's some sort of disease that has spread to everyone else on the on the roster. Like, I don't know if it's timing or approach or what, what's I mean, like you say, it, it's personnel like that. That's the big one. But there's just nobody that can even if even if you get the pitch that you're looking for as a Tigers hitter, none of them are actually doing any damage with it. That is the name of the game. Over the last 10 games or however, Evan Woodbury shared the stat. We have walked four times and struck out 36 times. Four to 36 ratio. It's just ugly. And some of that is uh, just swinging and missing too much. Yeah. Yeah. We were, were walking, excuse me, striking out five times more than we're walking this year. Which I will, you'll be surprised to know is is the worst in in baseball. It's got to be. Uh, so coming into today, uh, let's we were, for the last week we were we reached base at a two nineteen clip. <sighs> I mean, these are at, at some point you have to stop making excuses. Now, AJ Hinch Hinch has been asked about this a number of times, like what's going on. And his response is something like, well, it's not for lack of trying. It's not for lack of um, um, putting forth our best effort and stuff like that. That's good. I'm glad you're really coaching them up there, AJ. But at some point, I mean, these are professionals. If they're trying their best and you have prolonged stretches of inability, uh, don't you have to find somebody else? But who? I mean, <sighs> Paredes is the, is the only logical choice, but who? I, I just don't know. But do where... we just have a revolving door of bad players? I mean, yes, I think that's uh, definitely the situation. Uh, yes. Uh, Daz is down there. I, I mean, do you see Daz coming up and doing anything better? Like there just no, isn't, no, isn't options. Um, I, I yeah, I, I Zach don't... Short is Zach Short took some walks, got a hit. Okay, uh, you know, but that's not a sol- long term solution. But uh, at some point, yeah, try somebody else. Run Zach Short out there. He shows something. Yeah, yeah. I just I, there there just isn't uh, isn't options. I think we're looking down the barrel of a, of a very very long season. Um, Let's move on to something a little bit more positive. Uh, they moved yeah, our right. shortstop of the future, Willie Castro, off of shortstop and is now at second base. Nico has has moved in at shortstop. <laughs> Your boy McCoskey was suggesting on Twitter today that Willie looks like he's had a weight lifted off his shoulders going to second, kind of losing the the stigma of being a bad defender at, at short. I guess you could probably see that with the bat a little bit. I don't know that there's any any real... How is McCoskey picking that up? He is a very uh, perceptive this, individual. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna say that, and not just he's using his extrapolation and imagination. <laughs> so, how do you feel about Come that? Come on, we we thought that we had the second, the shortstop of the future settled, and now he's at a different position. 
Big deal, Everybody's big at deal, a dis- different deal. position. Yeah. Okay. You know who played first base for us today? Harold, Harold Castro. Castro. Hitting Harold. What is this like third or fourth game at first base ever? We have no we have no position players because everybody's a position player at the infield. You know what they say about court? What do they say about quarterbacks? What's the phrase? If you have, if you have three quarterbacks, you don't have one. I think it's two. Well, if you have, yeah. yeah. If you have six infielders, you don't have four. I just made up that saying. That's deep, though. I like it. All right. But, I mean, there's a little bit to it. Like, if you can't say, I mean, the best we have is Candelario. He's a third baseman. He plays good. You can pencil him there. That's pretty good. Any place else, it's kind of like, meh. We'll see when we pull out of the hat today. Yeah. And like I said last week, Candelario is a, a six or seven hitter on a good team, not the by far. What position does Jonathan Scope play? I mean, he's a second baseman. Play him at second base. Like, I don't know. It, what, it, the, I mean, it's a, I don't know the answer to the question. I would have said, yeah, he's a second baseman. Does he play second base for us? Hardly ever. I can't. Honestly, I can't remember no, the last No, Willie Castro's the second baseman. He's the shortstop. Who's the shortstop for us now? Goodrum. Well, he's the utility guy. I mean, I okay, so I'm counteracting what I said about I liked Hinch's uh, prove to me you can't play their approach, but it's a, getting a little annoying now. I agree. I'm annoyed. I agree with that to a certain extent, but I feel like I keep coming back to it doesn't matter. None of these guys are good really in any position. So who cares? <laughs> who cares where you throw them out and in what order? I mean, am I, am I wrong? Like, it, I I want them. I want Willie to to be great. I think that there's potential there, maybe long term. I want Nico. I love Nico. Nico's my boy. None of these guys are really performing right now. It doesn't matter if they're hitting it's one not five about, or nine or where they're playing. It's not about picking the right kindergartner to take the SAT. It's just like kindergartners shouldn't take the SAT. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> exactly what I'm saying. All right. Do you want to talk about Boyd this week or we should, should we save him for next week again? Boyd has been good. Yes. We Fair enough. I feel like we talked about him. We have a true anchor at the top of the rotation again. He's a lefty. Uh, it's been what? Five starts. I, I feel like I don't want to read too much into this. My question for you though, is in- inevitably this will come up. He has one year left on uh, of arbitration before he hits free agency. Do you uh, think that we learned a lesson from the last time that his value spiked? No, probably not. Uh, I, I don't know. It's day. You feel like you've been just subjected to so much bad luck where you feel like if you keep him, he's going to stink. If he leaves, he's going to be awesome. Don't you feel like snake bitten a yes, little bit? 100%. And honestly, maybe maybe both things could be true if we buy into the idea that there's something lacking in our organization about bringing players along i yeah. mean that that under that undermines your whole foundation because that informs how and who you sign i mean yeah so i'm this whole thing is a little negative. I've I've bought into the zeitgeist of the day. That's a there's a, a big German word. Like I'm seeing everybody's everybody's pooing on the tigers, and I've I've succumbed. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's hard not. To. We got to talk about something They're happy. The literal worst this started as something happy. <clears throat> uh, with Boyd, the thing is, change up use is way up. It's up up ten percent 
from last year to right-handed hitters, which if you can throw a changeup to your opposite hand uh, hitter, you are going to have more success. I mean, that's um, pretty, pretty straightforward. <clears throat> His command has been excellent. Walker. And that's why he's gotten away from getting shelled. He's all, he's also only allowed one home run all year, which is looking very good for my prediction incredible. that he doesn't lead the American League in home runs allowed. We'll see. We will see. You're a regular Nostra, Nostradamus. Nostradamus. All right, let's jump ahead to your power rankings. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Really? Okay, here we go. Do you have anything else Nicole to Jordan. add to the, the Tiger Talk segment? Tigers? I don't know. What else did I have? No, I think we've talked enough about the Tigers. Okay, so with the Tigers, I am not as angry and bitter as I sound, nor am I as angry and bitter as most of the Twittersphere. And some people are, it's, it's so weird because some people are like, oh, Everything is trash. Avila is trash. Chris Illich is trash. And some people are like, why are people so upset? And uh, hello, we haven't won any games. So the truth is somewhere in the middle. Like, you can still enjoy the Tigers. You don't have to get mad. But yes, it's fair to be upset because they're so stinky. Yeah. So in a nutshell, fan how you want to fan. And don't worry about how anyone yeah, else is fanning. We've talked about that a lot. Okay. We're recording earlier in the day. Usually I have the evening to marinate on my thoughts and really let them simmer for a while. Now I I spent 45 seconds coming up with these power rankings. So it's either going to be so good or it's going to be absolute trash. So I appreciate the disclaimer. Power rankings power rankings this week are uh website suffixes. Is that what you call them? Extensions? The thing but behind the dot. So dot blank. Ready? I am. This is this is exciting. I, this should be a good one. I hope so. Ugh. Uh starting at number seven is dot uh oh my gosh. I uh, yeah, so I already screwed it up. Okay. Uh number seven is dot US. Wow, do you hate America? Okay. Is that why it's number seven? Dot US, okay, that's fine. It's good that it's from America, but yeah, it's fine. It's useful, I guess. But also, it's not usually what you're looking for in a website. If I see dot US, I'm a little suspicious. Just not patriotic. 
Okay. Number six is dot TV. Okay. I know it has to do with TV, but probably not the first thing I'm looking for. Definitely not. It feels like something that you're probably going to watch an illegal stream on. Yes. Which on occasion is necessary. I mean, don't ever do that. Who would do that? Make sure you have the right protection. Don't stream without protection, friends. Um, number five is dot net. Um, and to me, this says the dot com was just taken. Yeah, definitely. Or is too expensive. So you have to go to dot net. Yeah, or too expensive. I respect that. I mean, it's not everyone has. It's the, kind the of like the backup. To, yeah. It's like the backup generic thing for if you can't get what you want. Right. Okay. Uh, number four is dot gov. Very useful, I think. I mean, you're t- I know that this is associated with the government. That's helpful. I feel like those websites typically are not particularly helpful, just in, in how they're structured and, and the actual real-life application of said sites. Well, they're not usually not very interesting, and you have to like mine through 50 pages to find one tidbit of information you want. The feds aren't always real efficient, if you've noticed. I haven't, but I will look out for that. <sighs> Where are we? How's this going so far? Uh, five out of ten. We're stepping up. Number three is dot org. Dot org. I know it's from an organization. That's good. And, you know, these places are great. They're trying to find a website. Dot org. Dot org is like the nerd of all website suffixes. I'd live with that. That's it's good for third. Yeah. Number two is dot edu. A lot of the instant. What are you grimacing at? .edu is good. Boring. I know I'm getting trustworthy information from an institution of learning. You know, if you have that .edu email address, you know, it's a lot of, it's prestigious. Yeah, I feel like you're, that's You're the, a man of learning, a scholar. That's like a, a blue check on Twitter. Like if you get something from dot, sure. .edu, you can typically rely on what's in that email. The person sending it has a tweed jacket with uh, leather elbow patches and they want to live may in use a monocle <laughs> what so they and they want to live in brooklyn they want to live in brooklyn yeah they um they use an overhead projector that they write on it's very stuffy many leather bound books okay number one is obvious you better get it i'm assuming it's dot com of course it's dot com when I want to interact with the website, I want .com. And even if the word has to be longer, like um, place here and there in Detroit, like make it longer and then just go .com. Don't try to trick me with dot, you know, whatever. Just dot, .com. Dot okay. Speaking of the worst ones, uh, here we go. Third from the worst is .mil. For the military, have you ever even seen this? No, it's supposed to be like a you know a big thing, but I've never used a dot mill site in my life. Huh, interesting, I didn't even know that existed. Man, really not patriotic here. Putting the the troops in the bottom three and the the flag at number seven. Man, commie. Number two from the worst is dot info. Now. If I'm looking at a dot info site, I'm probably not actually getting good information. 
<laughs> you you got to be a little skeptical of the dot info, don't you? Yes, because if it was actually real, it would be dot com dot gov or dot org or dot edu. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or dot biz. The number one dot worst is what? I don't know. You just got done saying it. Dot biz. What? Yeah. Disrespect. Dot biz is tr- Who's using dot biz? People that mean business. Does Moots use dot biz? I have to be careful. <laughs> no, they don't. They use dot com. Okay, good. Of course. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dot biz. Um, you remember that guy in the Muppets with the green head and like he's got a trench coat and he opens the trench coat and shows Ernie like a picture of elephants or watches like, hey, pal. You want to see a picture of four elephants? You know that guy? That's what a dot biz website is, is the Sesame Street guy in the trench coat. That's power rankings. To be fair, when you said that he opened his trench coat, showing a picture of an elephant is the (laughs) least objectionable way that that scenario could end. Hey, it was an it was a more innocent time. Okay. hello, this is Eric's mom, and you're listening to the podcast Yanos. So I don't have anything I saw on the side of the road, but I do have something that I saw walking into the studio today, just before you and I sat down. So I'm walking in. uh, The studio is in this part of a a co-working space here in South Bend. And outside there, like it's a, it's an in, like outside the studio, it's an indoor co-working space. I see a dead bird just chilling on the floor. I have so many, first of all, how did, how did this bird get in here? Why is he dead? And why are there so few people in this co-working space that there is still a corpse on the floor in our co-working space? So anyway, that is, uh, that was my story. Not, not a lot going on on the side of the road this week. Birds are sneaky. Birds, birds are like air rats. I mean, they could find their way into stuff. All right. Well, maybe I'll give them a a, we had a, we had a very nice vacation house in Florida and there was a bird hanging out in the wall in this house. Like it would fly in like they, they're sneaky. Interesting. What kind of bird? Um, a small one. <laughs> All right. Let's get to Twitter questions. Okay. I got to, Oh, you gotta give me some lead time so I can drive here. Okay. I issued the question. So I have to find, um, where the Twitter questions live. And now I'm doing that. This is really good entertainment. Okay, now I'm clicking it. And okay, we'll start at the bottom. At the top. Just kidding. Okay, uh, Jacob Skronik asks, oh, this is going to be fun to talk about. Is relegation really such a bad idea? Surely the pit spitters could do a job at the major league level. So this was out of... We, we trashed the Super League last episode, and then I tweeted out something about, it's probably a good thing we don't have relegation because the Tigers, yeah, not looking so good. How about that promotion and relegation for, for baseball? I think it's a really fun idea. I'm, I'm generally for it. The problem is, is you have teams, I mean, the second tier of American baseball is comes from within the top tier of American baseball. You know what I mean? Yes, like if we yes. had independent, they're a wholly owned subsidiary. Yeah, of the, uh, right. I think I think it'd be really fun. Just our our baseball system isn't set up for that. Maybe we can take the yeah. the Frontier League and the Atlantic League and form a super other league and have relegation and promotion from that. 
what you would have to do if this were ever to become a reality is you would have to basically have something like 15 expansion clubs. And maybe if baseball ever got greedy enough or something with the antitrust exemption happened or something like that, but then you'd have a secondary pool of independent or basically not associated with the, the top tier to make it happen. So in basic terms, this will never happen. It'd be fun if it did, But though. it would be awesome. It would be awesome. Yeah. David Fleece Fleiss asks, who's a guy, in quotation marks, you'd like to see the Tigers sign slash trade for in the next couple of years? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Basically, who's the 2023 Robbie Grossman of the world? Ooh. Is that what we're asking? <laughs> I mean, I'd have to look at a free agent list, um, but I mean, I'd love to love to get my hands on Lewis Brinson, bring him into the fold, see what our, our player development can. I'm just kidding. That's a deep cut. Um, I don't know. I probably should have done some research. I, I don't have any. How about any, Verlander? Are, will you would, will you be excited about Verlander if we could get him? Yeah, I think so. I think it would be him. it'd be more for sentimental purposes than actual. Although with him. I feel like he's got a bit of Brady to him. I, I wouldn't put him put it past right? him to pitch at a high level for, for a while. Here's a question for you. Everybody kind of assumes this is going to be a reunion. But if you are Justin Verlander, what motivations, beside money, uh, would you have for joining the Tigers? If you have that competitive fire and you want to win some games, joining the Tigers is not going to get you there. It's a bad idea. And yeah. you have the additional work of dealing with nostalgia, dealing with, you know, teaching the use. If you're a Tom Brady type, you don't go to the bottom, you go to the top, right? Yeah, definitely. And I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't think that we're going to offer him a package that will make it financially uh, good for him to come here either. So I think we can, we can potentially just cross that one off the list. You're not going to offer him a package like the Sesame Street guy. <laughs> Got it. Lev, Lev Zuboff, back to back weeks for Lev Zuboff at the Jackpot News. Oh, yeah, a Russian. What friend. are the best? Yeah, yeah. What are the best snacks to enjoy on a peaceful summer night, undisturbed by any noise from the Tigers' bats? I'm a big pretzel guy. I like pretzels in, pretzels are in most different forms. I don't like, like the, you know, the long rods I'm not a big fan of those but like i was gonna say those are my favorite of course they are with cheese dip pretzel rods with cheese dip all the other ones are just whatever but the rods are good they're too um, they're too girthy for my taste <laughs> you know what you know what snack i like is pistachios Ooh, that's a little bougie I, I, the, of a snack yeah yeah they're a little more rewarding than the peanuts yeah you that food's money coming in. We can can already feel it from you. Yeah, get some salt and salt and pepper pistachios. Mm. Oh, and so flavored uh, pistachio. Holy cow! Oh yeah, oh must, yeah. Salt and pepper pistachios. Nice, they like put them in a. Oh yeah, they like put them in a on a brine of some sort. It really flavors them. It's it's good. Okay, um, Sango Meal at Slugwizzy. Slugwizzy. Who would be the next GM, and can he start today? So, um. This gets uh, to a question later on, too, but uh, Ludnow is out there. 
I would take him. And he and AJ Hinch have a relationship. I would take him in a heartbeat, but uh, like we said earlier, I don't know that it's going to matter. He's not going to, he's not going to sign free agents out of his own pocket. Like, I mean, he he might put together a better meal with the chop basket than Avila, but like the ingredients aren't probably going to get any better. I don't know. So what do you think here? Do you have hope for the Illich family that when the time comes, but like what, what demarks when the time comes, uh, you know, do you, do you have a sense that the Avila family will eventually get behind a promising team? They just, it's not for lack of money. They just bought half of a, an Atlantic city casino. People like to post about that. Um, I don't know. But they're just a family pizza company. They're not big pizza. Yeah, they're not big they're, pizza. They they're they're little Caesar. That's the the tagline. They're <laughs> they are big like that's just a flat out lie. They are big pizza. <clears throat> they're uh, the the biggest pizza, really. But to answer your question, I don't know. Like I genuinely don't know. I could see it going either way. I could see them riding out with Mike Fires and Robbie Grossman until we die. Or I could see yeah. them jumping in in two years when there's, you know, demonstrable progress. I, I don't know. I, I think either of those are more likely than us getting the wish and them selling out though. For many years, people would say the Tigers are only spending this money and going for it because Mike Illich is old and he's approaching his grave and he wants to build a contender before he dies. And for years I poo pooed that. And I said, no, this is a, an organization that, you know, wants to, you know, build out their footprint downtown and having fans downtown is an important piece of that. And so this is a institutional organizational strategy to have a good Tigers team. Um, and I'm starting to question how I was feeling about that. And I think it's now COVID might be a part of this because they're having more people downtown isn't really a realistic thing for them right now. I think COVID so maybe is a convenient a excuse as it is for a lot of different things. Sure. But I guess. I, and I think it could be a little bit different. The, the structure and the, the direction of the organization could have changed from when Mike was running things to when Chris is running things. Like they might just yeah. have different goals for the business, which we need to not forget that it is a business. Um, right. Mike obviously wanted to win. He put a lot of money into winning. Chris seems less concerned. Right. Got it. Um, let's see. Um, Shrek Hemingway at ThinkPad user 34. It took me a while to parse out what that was. ThinkPad user uh, asks, should we be more mad at Avila or Illich? I still think Illich. Yeah. I don't, I mean, you. I feel like you can be irritated by Avila, but like mad at him. I don't know. Like not mad. Yeah. At the end of the day, he's still a man doing his job. And because he's doing it poorly, like think of everyone else in every other uh, profession. Like, do you get mad at them when they do their job incorrectly? Like, I, I don't know. I'd say have, have Only a little bit like of the, the pilot or something. Yeah. Or an accountant. But other than that, like, <laughs> I don't know. He, he's just not, not particularly good at his job. I feel like that's forgivable. Don't be mad at him. Um, and then he asks, he, he or she, who am I to assume gender? They ask, they ask. And what's the deal with the strong correlating timeline between the tragic two, 2016 death of Harambe and the Tigers' <laughs> downfall? R.I.P. Sweet Prince. You're, I mean, you're a Harambe guy. I am. It's 
that's pretty strong evidence. Um, I mean, when Harambe was alive, so were our title hopes after they were you know what I related struck to? down in his prime. Go ahead. It's the loss of the rounded Jersey D. That was the tipping point. Definitely not. We needed the rounded Jersey D. Yeah. I'd like to go on record uh, and say Mitch that I'm in the Harambe camp here. Okay. R.I.P. Mitch from Michigan asks, your life depends on a Detroit sports. This is a good question, I think. Your life depends on a Detroit sports team having a relatively decent draft class. Whose drafting ability do you trust the most between Matt Millen, Al Avila, Stan Van Gundy, or Ken Holland in order to save your life? I'd be lying if I said I knew anything about Ken Holland or even who that is. I'm assuming he's a GM of the Red Wings based on you assume he was now it's Iserman. Uh of those probably Avila was was Stan, Ken Holland was Stan Van not a good drafter no I don't think okay. so no he wasn't he was awful okay fair enough I'm gonna um, go with Avila then too to be fair but, his his first round picks haven't been terrible and that's what people look but, at but I think this question speaks to the misery of Detroit sports in total, right? Yeah, and then you throw I mean, it's a bad time. Michigan football, Michigan State football into like yeah, not great all Feels around. Feels bad. Feels bad. Zach McCurdy at Zachy Mac, Zachy Mac asks, "We need further discussion on which tiger, current or past, you'd like to see host Jeopardy." Suggestions include Jeremy Bonderman, <laughs> Craig Monroe, Delman Young, Gary Sheffield, and of course, Don Kelly. Hmm. Uh, so we answered this, didn't we? Last time so. he wants, he, Zach wants more. Can't get enough of the Jeopardy. I feel talk. like I suggested Simo last time. I want to go with Carlos Guillen. I remember him in his, some of his interviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he doesn't enunciate real well, specifically because of, what he's got going on in his lower lip. I would love to see him try and read the Jeopardy clues with a massive amount of dip in there. That could be fun. It'd probably be clear. He's more used to it that way. Um, let's see. How about Curtis Granderson? How about Phil Coke? I feel like anytime we have a discussion about intelligent tigers, we immediately always go to Curtis because there Phil are Coke. a ton of and Phil, and Phil Coke, obviously. I feel like Verlander probably would be decent with it too. He's got he's got some yeah. charisma too. Well, Granderson, his parents were educators, so I mean, he's been in the world. He probably has a dot edu yeah, email address. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, Michael Cipher, Cipher at Cipher Michael uh, asks: Should Illich fire now and let AJ Hancher Ludnow run this draft? Cannot have another Avila run draft. Kind of ornery. I have a feeling, Michael, you're going to have another Avila run draft. And Avila probably gives general assent to the picks, but a guy like David Chad is making these picks. Yeah, It's not Avila. I would agree with that. And to be fair, Avila and and his crew have been doing draft prep for the last, what, nine, ten months. I don't know that yeah, I so would rather like bring somebody in fresh that hasn't been looking into all of these guys. Like... I think I'd rather just if the if the route is to lose Avila, which I kind of imagine that it probably will be. I think the play is to let him finish this one out and then start fresh the day after the draft, so to speak. I I can't see Avila going anywhere. I, I would have said the same thing about Dombrowski, though, too. But there seems to be a chumminess 
you know, kind of a comfort. He's our guy. Yeah. He's not making waves, not doing anything bad or wrong, so to speak. It's just not doing anything good. Yeah, just not doing well. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Gamble, local man at Gambombs, asks, is there any way the Tiger's morass is Whitmer's fault? She's awfully silent on the subject. We're not talking about the governor and we're not talking about politics. <laughs> Haven't heard her said a word Although, about the I Tigers. think something I think something fair to say about Gretchen Whitmer is she has a very Midwestern accent. She's I don't maybe I don't notice it in my in myself, but obviously I'm a Michigander. But you listen to Gretchen Whitmer and you're like, oh yeah, she's from Michigan. You know, the nice thing about moving to the state of Indiana is I don't really hear about the state of Michigan politics anymore. It's kind of nice. It's a good thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. Pizza Slayer, one of the slaws, asks, do you think Jim Leland's wife raises her eyebrows every time, every year, when Jim writes his annual Christmas cards to Ryan Rayburn and Jeff Larish, but doesn't send one to Cabrera or Verlander? That's that's a big assumption. There are a lot of assumptions in that question. What's wrong? I'm I'm sure he does. Also, what's it's wrong fine. with Ryan Rayburn? Dude mashed against left-handed pitchers. Put some respect by his name. Yeah, he was he was an enigma wrapped in a mystery, wasn't he? He was. Okay, uh, Tom in Ohio at Tom in Ohio asks. Ew, wolf, why are we answering my goodness Ohio's question? You're from Indiana? Yeah, but it's not it's, Ohio. No offense, Tom. Indiana is J Indiana is JV Ohio. Indiana's not great, but it'll, it'll never be Ohio. Uh he asks, "My goodness, two more years of Miggy, can we survive?" Yes. <sighs> None yeah. of the other players are good either. It's fine. I mean, it's not fine, but it's the situation. You know, does um, somebody like Albert Pujols get this kind of orneriness in, in Los Angeles? That he does. Uh, although he's in LA, nobody cares about sports out there, so he probably doesn't. Right. They got other. And other I feel like he's going on. Is he as good as Miguel Cabrera right now? Are they equally good? Are they equally bad? I think they're equally bad. Th- okay. Unfortunately, Albert uh, is a lot closer to the end of his contract than Miggy is. Yeah, well, that's true. But then doesn't he have some options and he gets a position and stuff? The Pujols contract was kind of weird too. Anyway, um, Lawn Steak Ball, I think another one of the slaws asks, what are your top five favorite Doug Teeter moments? Doug Teeter is our head athletic trainer. And he, you can't miss him in the dugout because of his bald head. And because of his, um, he's a man of size, right? He's kind of a big dude. Doug Teeter is awesome. So I don't know if I have any favorite Doug Teeter moments, but it's always a good thing when he goes out there and just like, you know, somebody hurts their arm and you like how these athletic trainers like give it two squeezes and like, Oh, move your hand. And then they know something, which I find incredible. Like you're squeezing it in the right spot and you say, okay, you're it's broken or not. Or, you know, what are they doing? I don't know. Witchcraft. I think that's what it comes. It's better than the soccer magic spray, but is it more thorough than that? Really? 50, 50. Any more Doug Teeter comments from you? 
No. He's a he's a he's a he's a good uh, being a head athletic athletic trainer is more than just being a doctor. Like Kevin ran to. I mean, you need to you're with these guys all the time. You need to be social. The things that you say and the attitudes that you have affect the club. So you need to be look out for their health, but be positive. It's got, it's got to be a tricky job. Like head part doctor, trainer, part right? shrink. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it really is. Uh, Joey Oliver at Joey underscore Oliver asks with Jeff Lerish, such a hot topic in the last episode. I think y'all need to do a fantasy starting nine of the most random tigers of the past 20 years. And then he offers a suggestion. Okay. Let's hear it. And I thought this was, I oh. thought this was a really good list. I thought this was a really good list. At catcher, we have Max St. Pierre, who got a cup of coffee. He was a longtime minor leaguer. It's a good rando name, uh, too. Matt, doesn't it sound like a romance novel <laughs> protagonist? Or a soap opera? Hello, I'm Max St. Pierre. Hi, ladies. It's me, Max St. Pierre. Yeah. Yes, okay. it does. Number uh, I, or number one. Uh, at first base, we have Jeff Larish. Of course. Uh, who we talked about. His helmet always looked a little too big, like the great gazoo, like it was covering his eyes. Look at any picture of Jeff Larish. It's no wonder he didn't stick in the major leagues. He couldn't see the ball. His helmet was too big. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, second base, Will Rhymes. There's no other choice here. It has to be Will. My first tweet ever on this forsaken website was about Will Rhymes. Anyway, that fits. Uh, third base, Jack Hanahan. Remember him? Yeah, I was going to have him. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what position, but I definitely thought, yeah, he's got to be in the team. That, remember he was traded or we let him go? Anyway, anyway, he played for the A's oh, and he yeah. kind of mashed for the A's for a little while. Yeah, kind of a Donaldson type deal. Um, uh, at shortstop, we have Brett Delugich. Oh, that's right. You remember him? Yeah. He was, um, he was really good for the white caps for a while. I always remember Delugich as a white cap for, for some reason. Coburnus play shortstop. What's that? Did Coburnus play? I mean, he, I don't know that he ever actually played for us, but Jeff Coburnus was an outfielder. outfielder. He came as a rule five pick from the nationals. But he never stopped, and I was con- did he? He never, you know, I thought for sure he was going to be on the roster and they sent him back unceremoniously. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay. Um, where are we? Uh, left field, Clee Thomas. Cleet. Cleet. Cleet got some run. I, f- I feel like he's maybe, a, he played a little too much to be a rando, but I mean, that's yeah. neither here nor there. Uh, this, <laughs> this one would fit the bill at center field. We have Brett Cleveland. He was hot for what? A week. He, he squeezed almost a, a career into like one, two week stretch um right field we have the upstate baller himself casper wells Casper Wells, fifth generation casper um he was fine i thought i thought he was going to be the future right why he came we sent him in the fister trade i think that, uh, i think that no I think, no i should know this but i, I think he kind of puttered out it's i'm not okay. sure uh, thank you. DH Jeff Frazier. Oh, hang on. I, I have a few more to add to this. Steve Lombardozzi okay. legend that came over in the, what trade was that? He, he, he came, came from the with, nationals with in the Fister trade. Yeah. Oh, and we traded Fister. Yep. Um, and we're not doing pitchers. 
What about Wilfredo Ledesma and Fute Ni and uh, Alfredo Francisco Cruchetta? <laughs> May he R and P. Uh, no, he's got a couple pitchers. We have starting pitcher Andy Oliver. Andy Oliver, yes. Okay, so Andy Oliver was it was fair to dream on Andy Oliver, left-hander with really good stuff, and it would have been fair to think that he was the future. He was like a second-round pick. He wasn't just some out-of-nowhere guy. No, Andy Oliver, I mean, you could have done Yeah, I thought he was going to be good. And reliever is one of my all-time favorites, Luke Baconin. Of course. He's not just some guy. Luke Baconin. He's a gamer. favorite of this show, for sure. Nobody in this world is a bigger fan of Luke Baconin than me. That's I don't know that I'd be proud to say that, but whatever. Yeah. Um. So I... That was that was fun. Those are those are some guys for sure. I thought of uh, Scott Sizemore. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Then he went to go. You got him from the A's, or he went to the A's. Um, yeah. Kevin anyway, Hooper. It's fun. Yeah. I feel like we're in um, in five years or six years. We'll be really looking back on this era and be thinking, "Oh, remember this guy? Yeah, he was extra mediocre." I feel like that's where we're gonna be soon. So I can't believe your boy Tui Asasopo didn't get, didn't get a mention. Matt, Tui Asasopo. It's fun. It was fascinating. We had him right during the teeth of the Manti, Manti Teo thing. And it's his like second cousin or whatever who was the pretend girlfriend or something like that. You remember all this? I remember. It was big news for a while. I didn't remember that he was, you know, related or whatever, but. Yeah, he was related to the, the whole sitch. Hmm. That was weird. Good for him, or whatever. <laughs> was it? Um, he's most famous for um, hitting a home run that was precisely predicted by the announcer in Seattle. If you haven't looked at, if you haven't watched that clip, it's worth watching. That's it. That's it for Twitter questions. All right, that was, that was a good, good set. Good job, Farm. I feel like normally you berate our listeners for the the lack of quality, but that was a good set. <clears throat> Yeah, it was it was the Jack Hanahan of of Twitter questions. What up, fam? This is of course your boy Jordan here to tell you about one of my all time favorites, Moots Pizzeria and Bar. It is the only authentic New York pizzeria in the Motor City, and has become a staple in the Detroit pizza scene. You know me; I don't play when it comes to pizza, and this is where it's at. Amongst the best of the best that they have to offer are favorites like garlic knots, the Uptown and the Bronx pizza. Gamelli pasta and that chocolate lava cake is hotter than Andrew Romine in April. And they have some killer cocktails and a great beer and wine selection. Stop in with friends for a few pies and grab an authentic slice from the slice counter. It's going to be an instant favorite. Visit mootspizzeria.com to learn more or to place an order. And don't forget, they validate two hours of parking in lot Z. Tell them Jordan and Eric sent you. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at hosted by Jay Hall. Eric is at, or no, he's at Eric Wayne's brain. And the show is at podcastianos. And as always hit up our sponsor, Moots Pizza, get yourself some Mm. pizza, mootspizzeria.com. Anything else to say, to say to the people before we get out of here for the week? Um, keep your chin up friends. Um, you know, I'm going to give you the same advice. If, if Tiger's baseball is just making you sad, don't consume it. 
if it makes you happy, do it. If it makes you so sad and frustrated, like you want to throw things like go for a walk, read a book, uh, memorize some poetry, learn to play an instrument, you know, better yourself. I'm not going to, but I mean, you should. But that being said, we will catch you guys next week and eat them up, tigers. Eat them up. Goodbye. Oh, here we go. Oh! <laughs> Was he trying to throw it into the Earth's mantle? Dunk. That was just a screen cap from a, a guy just videoed his television, but that's all I needed. That maybe he threw it 10 feet in front of him. Doink. This has been a production of the Alpha Dog Podcast Network. Find more shows at alphadogagency.com slash podcast. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.